You're listening to Richard Morgan Writes, the companion podcast to richardmorganwrites.com. I'm Richard, and I thank you for joining me today. Let's talk. Greetings to you all on this fine November day, November 10th, 2021 to be precise. I'm speaking to you from my newly dedicated studio. It's a room that was a bedroom, and I have taken the liberty of moving my desk, my computer, all my work materials, and of course my microphone in here. And I have been experimenting for the last hour how to dampen the sound so that there's no reverb coming into the microphone. My tendencies to be cheap are probably not going to serve me that well this time around. I will have to invest in some acoustic paneling for the w- for the wall. However, I will say that the sound you are hearing now has been much improved by using the blankets and the pillows that were on the bed that was in this room. And never before have I ever thought it possible for blankets and pillows to make such a big (laughs) difference in what a microphone hears. It's better than the old setup of having my desk and my computer right next to the television, which, for the sake of pacifying small children and entertaining my wife when she's home, is nearly almost always on. And it's so very easy for me to get carried away in the the mindless hypnotic rhythm of a nursery rhyme when the kids are watching it. Or it's equally easy for me to get swept up in the the episode of House that my wife is watching. So this is a very big step up for my focus and my productivity. And if I can just get myself to sound good on the microphone, well, I'll, I'll just have it made. At the risk of emulating my literary hero, Garrison Keillor, too closely, uh, I have found a book that I had originally discovered back in grade school. It was published in... Oh, I should have this ready, but I don't. It was published in 1976. First printing, October 1976. How about that? It's a book of poems called Pictures That Storm Inside My Head. Poems for the Inner You, edited by Richard Peck, author of Dreamland Lake. And there's just so many poems in here that are so trippy and so jarring in their use of imagery that I never forgot them. And it took me some years to hunt this book down and find a copy. It's out of print, to be sure. And that's what Amazon is good for. You can find everything on Amazon. Long live the age of the internet. For the most part. I'm thinking of sharing selected poems from this book at the close of each program. Not deliberately imitating programs like The Writer's Almanac, hosted by Mr. Keeler. Having a dedicated space for my work, and really just for thinking in general, it's been a big step towards helping me not feel like a stranger in my own home. And it's obviously my place, and I pay for it and everything, but 
without a dedicated space, you know, without a de dedicated hole for the things that I do, it's uh, it's easy to feel displaced and disestablished, which is an extension of the feelings that I've felt in general since I've moved to Springfield. Period. You know, don't forget that from two thousand. From 2004 to 2017, I sat in one place all those years you know, in Lincoln, Illinois. 14 years in one place. For a young man, that's a very unusual thing. I, I have mixed feelings about that, but anyway. The move from, from Lincoln to Springfield was jarring. It was very sudden. And Lincoln, being a sleepy small town where nothing ever changes and nothing ever happens, going from that to Springfield, where it's the city capital, it's an artery in the circulatory system of of the country. It's uh, it's it's been an adjustment. I've been able to preserve some of that small town, I guess, peace or time capsuleness by living in Riverton, Illinois. And despite having been here since 2017, I'm still searching for some sense of belonging, and I'm making progress in my own ways. A big part of my feelings of belonging in Lincoln were, among other things, producing paintings and drawings for small children. Well, those small children are very much grown they're young adults. They're teenagers. They're they're not spry little munchkins that come along and say, "Hey, can you draw me this random thing that popped into my head yesterday?" So between them not being little people anymore, and me not living in Lincoln anymore, it feels like an awfully big chunk of my purpose has been yanked out from under me. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I've found a great degree of purpose in being a family man, you know, being married and being a father. But uh, just the, the simple system of giving gifts that you create, um, if that's been a big part of your daily thing, your weekly thing, you, you miss it. And I kind of got a, an answer or an insight to that a couple days ago. There are some neighbor kids that have latched on very strongly to my 16-month-old son. Towards the afternoon, after school gets out, they'll come around and they'll have him come outside and play for a little while. Well, every once in a while, they try to run away with him. Now, these these aren't adults. These are like seven, eight, nine-year-old girls that just like babies. So... I come outside to see them putting him in the tarp wagon that I keep on the porch. And they start wheeling him away down the road. And there's Declan, my my oldest, going after them. So I figure, what the hey, I'll just throw on a coat and I will follow. So we got to parade around the entire neighborhood with this baby in this tarp wagon. My son next to me. And these little girls being little girls, telling each other to shut up and calling each other names and 
hey, it's my turn to pull the baby, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I cracked all the jokes, and I did all the one-liners that made the kids back in Lincoln laugh, and it had the same effect on these kids. So in that moment, I had a little bit of an insight. My gift of creating, uh, my gift of creating and making things better for people, whether it's for adults or for children, whether it's through humor or stories or paintings or drawings, that's something that doesn't need to be anchored to one geographic location. And if I'm more concerned about what that gift can do for me than what that gift can do for other people, then I've kind of missed the point. You know, the children of Lincoln, where I was, they've grown up and they moved on, which is to be expected. So while I might miss that, there are more kids like them that need upbuilt, that need encouraged. There's more adults like the adults that I knew that need encouraged, that need upbuilt. So my gift of creating things that make people happy or bring people a measure of peace through distraction, well, that's a gift that I should be taking with me and employing for, for new people, for new kids. And maybe that's what I can do here with, uh, you know, my efforts with Peculiar Turnips in particular. You know, that started out as a podcast for all ages. And then I discovered that my mind does not always think in terms of all ages stories. So that's why I've got the two podcasts, Peculiar Turnips and Marsh Lights. Marsh Lights is decidedly heavier. And I'm trying to keep all the extra weight out of Peculiar Turnips so that people of all ages can enjoy it. There's plenty more for me to ramble about, but uh, this episode is already dragged on for ten minutes. So I think it's time to close with a poem from Pictures That Storm Inside My Head. And I'm going to start with the poem that stuck with me the longest. This is the one that the, the imagery was just so, so jarring, so shocking, so vivid, that it's the reason I remembered the whole book in the first place. The Pardon by Richard Wilbur. My dog lay dead five days without a grave, in the thick of summer, hid in a clump of pine and a jungle of grass and honeysuckle vine. I, who had loved him while he kept alive, went only close enough to where he was to sniff the heavy honeysuckle smell, twined with another odor, heavier still, and hear the fly's intolerable buzz. Well, I was ten, and very much afraid. In my kind world, the dead were out of range, and I could not forgive the sad or strange in beast or man. My father took the spade and buried him. Last night I saw the grass slowly divide. It was the same scene, but now it glowed a fierce and mortal green. And I saw the dog emerging. I confess I felt afraid again, 
but still he came in the casual sun, clothed in a hymn of flies, and death was breeding in his lively eyes. I started in to cry and call his name, asking forgiveness of his tongueless head. I dreamt the past was never past redeeming, but whether this was false or honest dreaming, I beg death's pardon now and mourn the dead. Thank you for joining me for an episode of Richard Morgan Writes. If you want to check out any more of my writings or my doings or my podcasting, please visit richardmorganwrites.com, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.